welcome to the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me I have my co-hosts, Paul Pasquillo and CJ Mattress. Howdy. Uh, this fine day, it's currently around 9 a.m. for me, we are talking to Gil Austin for the second time on the podcast. Hello! Thank you for joining us, Gil. Just a hello and then I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Was it was nice talking yep. to you. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I couldn't uh, give you more. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're going to give us more. My first question for you is the last time we had you on the podcast, you had recently taken up surfing. How's that going? <laughs> Slowly. Uh, it's still super fun. It's pretty much all my wife and I do vacation-wise, but... Sadly and happily, Adult Swim is live, located in Atlanta, so not great waves in Atlanta. So it's pretty much just when we can go, we go. But it's uh, definitely super fun. I think if you live by the ocean, uh, if I live by the ocean, I'd probably be where I am in like two weeks, and I've been doing it for about five years. So it's it's a slow process. Hmm. Speaking of doing things for about five years, are you at all surprised that Toonami has lasted around five years on Adult Swim? Uh, I mean, at this point, no. I think if you'd asked me five years ago, would we still be around? Then I think I would have been more hesitant, but I think we've been lucky in having support from the network and obviously having great support from the fans, and things seem to be tracking well in both departments, so um, I don't think that we're in fear of the month to month, year to year. Um, certainly there's no indication or no guarantee for the future, so you never know what that will bring. Uh, I don't I don't know that we'll make it another 20 years with our 20-year anniversary coming up, but um, right now I, we feel pretty good about things. Knockwood, hopefully I didn't just jinx it and we don't even make it to the 20th anniversary. <laughs> A lot of really, really popular and good shows have been dubbed and seem to be able to be available for you guys at the right time? Do you feel like you kind of brought Toonami back at the uh, a perfect time to be able to bring in a lot of good shows yeah, in these mean, five years? Definitely. I think we've been really lucky um, just in terms of where things are from a streaming perspective and that we're sort of on the somewhat of a different model being still a broadcast network. So we're able to take advantage of some deals that probably wouldn't be there if we were only a streaming network. Um, so I think that definitely helps, and I think that um, it's sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, the more exposure we get, the more contacts we're able to make and the more shows we're able to hear about and discover and have access to. So I think we're, as we succeed, hopefully we can, we'll can continue to succeed, if that makes sense. Like, we're, we're just ho- opening up more and more doors relationship-wise. So, so I think we're definitely in a good place. But having having access to a lot of different stuff and having access to the fans to recommend shows (coughs) to us definitely helps. Not something that we were able to do in any real capacity when we were on Cartoon Network. I mean, we had access to fans and we had um, letters and that sort of thing, but not anywhere the immediate feedback that social media allows. Hmm. Very interesting. In the recent pickups of shows a, a lot of them have been very highly requested shows as far as uh you know outsiders could tell uh w- what is the the most weighted criteria when you've been picking up shows lately 
I mean, it's it's always sort of been the top criteria is, I mean, it's sort of the same for Adult Swim too. It's it's what do we like and what do we enjoy, and that's sort of how we frame things as a first look, because we feel like if we like it, then odds are tsunami fans are going to like it because we're fans in and of like as ourselves. Um, so that's, it, it's a combination of that, what people are requesting. Mm-hmm. And then there's just sort of the business realities of what's available and how much does it cost? So it's, it's not really like a, a one size fits all scenario. It's, there are times when we just don't have, we need to a show sooner than we could potentially get another acquisition in or um, a show's ready, but we're not ready, that kind of thing. So it, it's it's timing, it's fan input, it's our input, and it's money. That's sort of, and it's kind of split evenly amongst those four things, assuming that was actually four. I think it was four. If if I could uh, come off of that one, um, is there ever has there ever been a show that you guys didn't like, but you still picked up in these last almost five years on Adult Swim? No, I don't think so. Um, uh, no, I, we've been really lucky. I mean, it's condensing down from running to 6 a.m. definitely allows us to uh, to have fewer holes that we need to fill at any specific time. So uh, I, I think we've been super happy about all of our acquisitions, whether they be known properties and really highly requested or like Michiko and Hachin, like a show that's not on everybody's radar, but was still a big success for us. So, so it's, we try to keep things still somewhat flexible to where we're not locked into a schedule fully for years and years and years, but we still also try to have stability because we've found over the years that that definitely plays into mm-hmm. people's viewing habits. If you keep a show at a specific time, it's much more likely to do well than if you're constantly shuffling things around. Um, and coming off of that too, if, if you don't mind sketch, let me ask this too. Um, with the schedule, how do you guys determine uh, where shows go? Like obviously like a show like Dragon Ball Super probably want, you want that to start off the block, but how do you determine where the other shows go being that some of them are like a new dub or a premiere dub, so to speak? Um, Kim Manning, who is the head of programming, pretty much makes those decisions. We give her our input and what we think, and it's definitely a conversation and a dialogue between she and us, um, but Mm -hmm. it is ultimately her decision on where things go. But I think, generally speaking, we all sort of feel like we have a good handle on what shows are really going to pop, and we try to put those towards the front end just because of the realities of, especially on the East Coast, dealing with just you're up against the clock the later things go <clears throat> as people are watching so we right. try to maximize that time um but other than that it's pretty much just sort of an ongoing conversation we don't we meet weekly but we meet pretty often certainly more often than once a month and we just sort of have a conversation of okay what's the next hole in the schedule what are we looking at what are our options where do th- things where do we think things are going to go and at this point we're pretty much as we're we're kind of replacing shows and without a whole lot of shuffling around, or at least that's our intention. Yeah, I have noticed in recent years that it's more or less just swapping one show for another as opposed to reordering things. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it, it definitely, our both 
Nielsen ratings input and also just fan input, people definitely enjoy knowing where, I mean, there's certainly fans of Toonami as a whole, just like there's fans of Adult Swim as a whole who sit down and watch for extended periods of time. But there are also people who either don't have that luxury or there's a show that they don't love. So they want to watch this show and this show and having them on at specific times definitely helps that because that's another thing that we definitely try and do is have have a couple of different types of shows on at one time so that there's sort of something for everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, as we are talking about Tsunami's <laughs> 20th anniversary, got some exciting things coming up, huh? Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, some secret stuff, surprise stuff, not really secret. Ooh. No huge announcements or anything for that um that we're gonna make that night nothing that we're really holding back but a lot of little sort of fan nuggets and hopefully um enjoyable things starting with pre-flight the on the actual anniversary on the 17th and then uh continuing through the night of the 18th for the actual tsunami broadcast nice, nice. oh okay <clears throat> been doing wait you know what? for a while <laughs> yeah you're telling me <clears throat> <laughs> um, yeah, it's fun. We try to, I mean, our schedules are kind of crazy and it's tough to always get Jason and I together just with traveling for work, but we've so far been successful in doubling up records and sometimes tripling up records for weeks that we're here to where we've had a premiere episode, I think every week since we've started, sometimes when we go to conventions and use the panels for that the math gets a little fuzzy there but we still count it as a premiere episode so i think we're like 107 maybe is this friday jesus (laughs) that went quick (laughs) yeah oh wait so did ours um (laughs) (laughs) let me think here weekly so (laughs) so i guess i can i guess i should ask this question then so on the seventeenth, which is obviously a Friday, it's not a Saturday. Are we going to see any tsunami content on Adult Swim? You mean on the air for Adult Swim? Yes. Uh, I don't think so. I think we're going to, for in terms of on the air, I think everything's going to be the night of the eighteenth, and then we'll have pre-flight on the seventeenth. Okay. Uh, I mean, as far as I know, they may, maybe they'll surprise us with something, but I. Our plan is to hold it for the for the night of the 18th. It just makes more sense to keep Toonami inside Toonami. Um, okay. And I think that it's nobody's really going to be looking for things anywhere else, so we're trying to to just keep it where we normally would. We don't want to do a thing and then not have Toonami fans be able to see it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about that pre-fly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> Well, uh, we should have in the next coming week or so, we'll, we'll sort of explain what our plan for that pre-flight is. Um, and then, like I said, there'll be still be some little Easter eggy kind of surprises on the night, uh, on the night of the 18th. Nothing, I mean, nothing break the internet wise, but it still should be fun for Tsunami fans and fun for us. 
All right. Well, so so then let me ask you this question because I, I feel like you could probably answer this then. We're not going to see anything different from the regular schedule then, right? You mean in terms of shows? Yeah. Um, probably not. I'll go that far. Okay. He said probably now that not. Now that's a tease. <laughs> that is a good tease. <laughs> and on the 18th, we'll be watching and it'll be the regular schedule. We'll be like, dang it, Gil. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll have to tune in to be 100% sure because you never know what may You got to make it all the way to Ghost in the Shell. That's right. <laughs> you never know. They might throw on Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I, I like I like sketches uh, hinting and wink, wink, nudge, nudging going on right now. I'll just throw on Space Dandy. That's that's what I want to see. Uh, well, you know, it's kind of funny because we have, for some odd reason, Gundam Wing has popped up out of nowhere now. So that would be interesting to see if you guys put that on. I, I would find that interesting. Yeah, I mean, we would love to be able to do a full breakout night. It's just the realities of rights and everything else that's just right. it's tough to get i mean obviously the night that we did the april fool stunt was kind of a different deal nobody really knew it was going to be an ongoing thing and that was sort of favors from a lot of different people um you just don't get to call in this you don't have the once in a lifetime favor that you get to call in several times over the course <laughs> of <your> life <laughs> come on it's the 20th anniversary it worked so well the first time yeah i mean we <laughs> We have great relationships with everybody. Uh, I don't think that there's any, from a license standpoint, that we don't, but they're still just, everybody's still in it for the business, so um, mm. we're not able to just fully go and do whatever we want. I mean, we could do whatever we want, just not for free, and that's the main key. <laughs> that's it. Whatever you want, but it's not yeah. for free. Oh. <laughs> uh... So in recent years, you you spent uh, a couple of uh, like weeks in Japan uh, overall. Uh, you want to tell us a bit about that experience? Yeah, I mean it's been great. We, Jason and I, have been over there four or five times now, something like that. Um, and we usually one time we went for an insanely short period of time. And it almost killed the two of us. So <laughs> we try to go for kind of a week, just jet lag, and you're there, so you try to maximize your time. Um, and we just have been meeting kind of with whoever we can and for as many people as we can to talk shows and figure out where people are in their production timelines and figure out licenses and that sort of thing and just rebuilding some of the relationships that we had back from the Cartoon Network days and then also making some new ones because some of the people are in the same relative positions that they were in before, but obviously there's new companies and new people in those companies, um, so or new people in the existing companies. So it's just been mostly business meetings and relationship building and that sort of thing to, to where we can have um, more access that you were talking about before where it's, it's getting shows and trying to get them sooner. I mean, that's definitely the goal. Um, and sometimes it works out better than others. Obviously, Space Dandy was a pretty unique case that we would love to replicate, but that was a lot of planets aligning in a very fortuitous way to pull that simuldub off. Um, so I don't know how realistic... That's certainly not realistic for every show. Um, we would love to have it happen again, but no immediate plans 
mm-hmm. for that. Wow, that starts off with some of my questions right there, Sketch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why don't you just go ahead? Sure, yeah. I, w- I was curious what uh, Gil would recommend for doing in Japan, because that just, that to me sounds very fascinating, but we, we might, we can go back to that later. But I was, I was curious about broadcast dubs and simul dubs, since it's now the new thing. It's funny with uh, this current season of uh, simulcast anime that a lot of fans are like, well, which ones are getting dubbed, which ones aren't, which is like ridiculous to think about considering what it used to be, sure. how it's now just like a month in between before shows, maybe even sooner. I was wondering if, as you were kind of answering before, Toonami does seem to be at least interested in looking into those in the future? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... We definitely want to. There's... Every show deal is different, and every show production schedule is different, and every dub opportunity is different, so there's certainly not a one-size-fits-all scenario. I think our ultimate goal that we've talked about before is just decreasing the amount of time that exist from when a show premieres to when we're able to air the dub. Um, and there's so many different factors that go into that, that there's no, it's not like if we could only do this, it's like, if we could only do 25 different things, then it would be an easy <laughs> thing to square away. So sometimes, right. sometimes that process has already started for some shows when we're, when we start talking to them and sometimes it hasn't. And there's another show that sort of, needs to get done before that so it's it's really like i said it's really just different for every property so um our ultimate goal is to speed that along but we're not a dubbing house nor do we have any plans to become one so short of that it's really just what can fit into everybody's production timelines and what can we do to square that away okay. um so I, I was curious, and I, you can easily say you can't really answer so much, but I want, is there like, is it tougher or is there like more kind of barriers for broadcast dub specifically cons- uh, uh, instead of like dubs that might have already been out? Like, is there more like language that you have to, that you and Jason and everyone else have to kind of work through to then broadcast that on Toonami? Or is it so just, as you were saying, like... like- if there's a show that's already been dubbed, is that easier to get on the air than a show that still needs to be dubbed? Or am I? Yeah, just... like is there more complicated stuff to be able to make it work? Uh, yeah, compared sure. to one that isn't. Um, if a show's already dubbed, then I mean, there's still a lot that goes into it. It's mm-hmm. getting all the deal structures done and the licenses squared away, and making sure everybody feels good about merchandising and all the other stuff that goes into it. So there's certainly a lot of lawyer business stuff that needs to happen. But once that's squared away, there's there's not very much production stuff that has to happen. If a show has not already been dubbed, all that same stuff has to happen, and then you have to go dub the show. So that's it's a significant production step to add into a show that's not already been dubbed, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, it seemed to work out pretty well with at least, as you were saying, Space Dandy and even Dimension W. So I'll, I'm glad to hear that you guys are potentially, at least in the future, going to look at that. How do you keep track with how with like there's 80, I think it's 80 series just this season. And like there's going to be more and more broadcast dubs that Funimation does and things like that. Like I can't imagine with how busy you guys are that you're able to keep track of that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly crazy. I don't I don't understand. We don't keep track of all of it like in terms of every show that comes out i don't i'm sure there's people who can but we certainly don't so it's we're more reliant on fan input 
what our licensing partners and production partners suggest because they're good at saying like this has got a lot of buzz around it this is getting this many views on such and such a subscription network that sort of thing to where we're able to narrow it down to a smaller number and then there's also just production realities that go into it of this is a company or this is a show that's never been dubbed before versus this is one that has been so it's just easier to gather the production means to make that happen so Mm -hmm. um we're certainly not looking at every show that premieres in tokyo and figuring out how do we get all of those shows because even if we got them all we couldn't run them all so it's right we're, we're more we're certainly more of a boutique curated scenario um than streaming every anime possible so so we're more looking at what what's the biggest hits or what's can be dubbed in a certain time frame and that sort of thing nice all right no i mean like i say with how much that this has changed the game of like just dubbing anime in general it's it's a brand new world with that so it was definitely very uh interested in what you guys thoughts were of you know broadcast of seems like you're all you're, you're a fan of it <laughs> yeah i mean if we had unlimited time and resources then we would probably approach things a little differently but since we mm-hmm. don't then um and we're a finite amount of time on a specific like we don't have we don't need to fill every season a new show that's not really sort of how we operate so it's more one or two shows here and there over the course of a couple of months kind of thing so so filtering through all of the season for the whole year of an anime calendar would just be crippling (laughs) from a production standpoint and it's sort of useless too because we couldn't even like i said before even if we dubbed even if we got all of those shows dubbed we couldn't even air a tenth of them so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh bouncing off that uh, because there are certainly people who, who feel like Toonami should have a quicker rotation of shows. So could you give us kind of like a timeline of if you pick up a, a short show, uh, about how long does it take to bang out a deal like that? Is it a couple of months? Is it less? I mean, it obviously it, differs. It really just depends on the show, the company, and our legal department. Um a couple of months is probably the fastest that it ever is, and sometimes it's longer than that. Sometimes we're in the process, and then something bogs down, and we have to pick up a different show sooner, and then put that on hold for the next time we have a block, a hole in the block, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. It varies so much. There's, it's really just sort of thinking about what the next hole in the schedule is and trying to fill that kind of however we can is, is sort of the general philosophy. Right. I am kind of curious if you've, with these kinds of uh, broadcast dubs that are that are coming weeks after they start airing in Japan, if if you've uh, ever had a case where you've come up to kind of a time wall in which uh, they won't put it on television for whatever reason. What do you mean by a time wall? Uh, like, like it's ready, but there's a like there's a contractual yeah like a contractual thing that says you can only stream this said company you can't lease it out to anybody 
that kind yeah, of Yeah, I mean, thing. there's definitely, that's the way the deals are structured to where there's windows of exclusivity that you have for streaming versus not. And our VOD deals sometimes conflict with those. And so that, it's just, it's a million lines of legal stuff that we specifically don't have to deal with because there are licensing teams and lawyers that are equipped to handle that, whereas we are not. Um, but there are certainly times when we can't get a show until a certain amount of time has passed. Um, and that's usually not a surprise. As you deal with the, with the deals, you know that kind of going in. Um, sometimes it's a surprise once you get into it, but usually that's a known thing going into it and, and you're not, you're not caught unaware. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So regarding, uh, VOD video on demand, uh, on cable boxes and what have you, uh, if you have a show on there, does that generally indicate that you still have the broadcast rights to it or is that not one in the same? Uh, no, not necessarily, but, um, like all the deals, it, it just depends on how the deal was structured from the beginning. So there are certainly shows that you, not even not, not necessarily even us, but the network or a network or whatever, like the windows do not necessarily coincide. And just because you don't have the broadcast rights doesn't mean you don't still have the VOD rights and vice versa. They usually align somewhat close by because kind of one doesn't do you a whole lot of good without the other as a TV network. But there are VOD shows that we have the rights to that we can't air. Um, I'm sure that there are shows that we air that don't have the VOD rights. I honestly don't know what those would be, but I'm sure there are. What a wonderfully complicated process. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's super fun sitting in the business meetings. <laughs> I bet. You should put that on a pre-flight episode. Yeah. <laughs> Just to living shit out of everybody. Yeah. Well, you've been at mm. this for uh, many, many years. Toonami's been existing for 20 years, though not entirely. There was a short period when it wasn't around. Sure. We don't uh, talk about those times. Middle. Yes, we don't talk about those dark dark times <laughs> uh yeah and you've talked uh, a bit about what has changed over the years but uh just overall in in the in the 20 years that you've had tsunami uh what would you say are your fondest memories about working on tsunami oh um i mean i think the philosophy that we've approached thing the way we've approached things, I think, has stayed the same over the years, where it's, what do we like? What are we passionate about? What do we want to bring to the fans? And that's sort of the lens that we look through everything. Um, the opportunities have been insane, and I never would have imagined that they were possible, certainly before I started. And even within Tsunami, I mean, just doing the interview pieces that we've done over the years and being able to meet the different people that we've been able to go do and the different like days in a life kind of things. And the, those pieces have been super fun. Um, interacting with fans, both in person and through social media, when, since we've been back has been great. We love going to conventions and we love from a strictly selfish point of view, hearing 
people's excitement about Toonami and the impact that it's had on them over the years. Um, video game reviews are always fun because we get to play video games at work. Um, but it, I think it's really just the opportunity that it's allowed for us to showcase our passion for the the types of things that run in Toonami uh, and, and making that what is hopefully more than just the sum of its parts uh, and that, that people really do enjoy the connective tissue around Toonami in addition to obviously enjoying the shows that they're fans of, but that hopefully Toonami as an entity has meant something beyond this show's on at this time and this show's on at this time. That's our hope anyway. Uh, but it's been, it's been a fun ride ups and downs for sure. But, uh, it's, it's been mostly, uh, mostly great. Uh, if I can bounce off of that, um, I don't know if you guys still don't or haven't talked to anybody over on the Toonami Asia side, but uh, what are your thoughts on the fact that there are several Toonamis worldwide now and also the fact that at the same time, different English dubs, but at the same time, you both, you're all playing Dragon Ball Super. I mean, the, the first part of your question is we don't have any interaction with them for the most part, not because we refuse but that's just we just are in different business models and different networks so if if our opinion is asked or our help is requested we certainly give it but for the most part everybody sort of knows what plays better in their region and everybody just right. sort of stays alone we we don't have any say over any other tsunami or any other deal so we just try to stay out of people's way unless they ask us for help or ask us for our opinion. Um, just because we can't do anything anyway. So we don't want to bother everybody with just pointless details, uh, right. That we may not even understand the natures of their deals or the localization that needs to go on. Uh, it would just be sort of confusing things for no real reason. But does it but, give you a warm, fuzzy feeling knowing that there's other tsunamis out there? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Taking over the world. Like a proud papa. Yes. <laughs> and I certainly understand that, too, because one, one is obviously you guys are on Adult Swim, and then they're doing more of a kid-based one, so... right. It's kind so, of switched. It's kind of funny. It's kind of switched. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so. But yeah, I mean, like, everybody's everybody's area of need and area of um, ability to solve for that need is different. So, so having kind of this is the way you do it prescribed to them wouldn't be helpful to them, even if we could do it, and we can't anyway. So it sort of takes care of itself. Well, and and it's very it's very interesting too because the guy that runs the Toonami Asia over there was actually a fan of Toonami here, so it's very interesting to see how that how he was able to, you know, go over there and be like, hey, we should do a Toonami channel, and they were able to do it and still have it going for I think this is, I want to say the third year maybe, so that's pretty interesting. Like I I I, I never knew that until we interviewed them, so. You know, yeah, I don't 
really know them all that well. We've met before. Um, but yeah, we wish them nothing but the best. Do you think it's kind of a shame that there isn't a tsunami like thing for kids these days? None of that good inspirational animation. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I think that that kids sort of get that in different places than they than they did even say ten or fifteen years ago. I mean, I think that kids are sort of just like everybody else like you're kind of running a million different places and you're just catching your shows kind of when you can uh i think that it actually helps that we're going after an older audience so not only are we hopefully making new fans but also having fans that um did grow up with that so that it's not a foreign concept to them uh and i think it dovetails nicely with adult swim sort of core philosophy of talking to fans and having it be blocks that are more than just the running of the show. So, I mean, I think that those philosophies tie well into each other. I think, um, I don't know. I, I don't know that it, that, that same message on a Cartoon Network or another place, like, I don't know that kids are looking for that, but it may just be because they don't, they don't know. I think that we've been fortunate in our timing, both on Cartoon Network and Adult Swim, and we don't really have a whole lot of I wish this were the case or that because we've been really lucky so um, we haven't really been wanting different circumstances if that makes sense okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Nice, nice. well you got Samurai Jack coming you got Fooly Cooly season 2 and 3 on the way uh, do, do you feel Toonami's direction will head more towards original production? I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on how (laughs) these shows do to a certain extent. Um, But I I don't think that from a resource standpoint, we'll ever get to the point where everything is an original show production that we're making. And I don't think that we'd even really necessarily want that. But I think if we could find the right opportunities and find the right shows to develop we would love to continue having a mix of original shows that we're developing, nostalgia brand shows, and uh, new anime that's more of a discovery for, certainly for mainstream uh, television viewing, if not anime fans. Um, But I think that that sort of combination recipe makes sense, and hopefully we're able to keep doing it. Mm. On, On that topic... I would like to see more of those, uh, you know, miss, uh, missed gems that people just don't know about, like Michiko and Hachin. I, I would <laughs> definitely like to see more of that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, we, it's, like I said, it's it's so many factors go into picking up a show. What's available? How long is it? Does it fit into our schedule? Do we have the money? Is it dubbed? That you kind of narrow it down to a number of choices and then figure out what's the best combination of all of those things based on what we like and what we've heard people want and uh and there but we definitely have had a lot of fun i mean certainly we're not 
discovering new anime for anime fans, but I think that there's, for people who watch Toonami who aren't the hardest of the hardcore anime fans, that I think showcasing shows that they may not have seen is definitely part of the fun. Kind of going back to those uh, original programming kind of questions Sketch was asking, do you think you can give us like a little teaser for that miniseries that should be coming soon? Uh, the Sandcastle in Me, I think it's called? Sandwhale. Or... Sandwhale in Me? The Sandwhale. Sandwhale. Sandcastle in Me. Sandcastle. That's uh, the new one. That's part two, right? <laughs> I, yeah. uh, I would encourage everyone to watch Toonami Preflight that will premiere tomorrow night when we're recording this, but on uh, March Third, if you want a little taste of what Sand Whale and Me is going to look like. Mm. Nice. You could always send us over a preview, like, you know, <laughs> exclusively put it up, you know, it's, it's fine. Well, then we wouldn't be exclusively putting it up. That's, oh. Uh, oh, that's oh, the catch see, that's, 22. That's, that's Damn it. <laughs> Gotta just cross promote. <laughs> Alright, we'll hit share at the same time. One, and, and you two. know what? Yeah. <laughs> You know, I might as well. I might as well ask this question too. Um, you guys obviously have good lawyers because we've seen we've seen that in action. Um, <laughs> what What do you guys do when, let's say, a show and it's probably going to happen, unfortunately, with Samurai Jack, where somebody takes an episode and throws it up on, say, like YouTube or some illegal stream? What do you? Do you guys keep an eye out for that, or do you encourage fans like ourselves to like let you guys know that? Um, I mean, we certainly don't encourage the piracy of our intellectual property. We also are not individually internet watchdog lawyers, so if people see scenarios, and we definitely are thankful for when you guys and other people point us like, hey, heads up, here's this, um, but in terms of how we deal with that, we just tell our legal team um, we don't personally have anything to do with that. And you guys, you guys have the rights to you have the right to take that down, as far as like YouTube or anything, right? Like in regards to like uh, Sam Samurai Jack, for example. Um, I think so. <laughs> I would I would be surprised if we don't. I'll put it okay. that way. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure because like for example, like with anime, you have to actually go to like. Say if it's like Funimation, you have to go to them first. Right. Yeah, tell yeah, yeah. Them. Whereas like, you know, like a show, if you guys have that show and you did the show, then we would have to go to you. Because I, I just want fans to know that. So if they, they see it and they... they yeah, have to... I mean, either way, they can tell us and we'll tell the right people, whether that's our lawyers right. or somebody else. Um, but yeah, whatever's the easiest way to help help maintain the way things are supposed to go. Right. I do have one more like kind of fun question just looking back on the 20 years of Toonami one of my favorite things that uh, helped me discover and really grow fond of the block are the Toonami promos whether they be like the music videos the Tom speeches or just even the lineup promos they're all I usually just fawn over them just I watch them a lot on YouTube and stuff like that how do you guys do it like that that process must be so enjoyable even though I know it can be like tough with the time crunch knowing how editing programming can be sometimes but like i have to i have to just i have to ask like how do, how do you guys do it it's just so amazing yeah i mean that's definitely super fun it's been harder is not the right word but more challenging since we came back because we did sort of change our philosophy and 
sort of were necessitated to change. When we were on Cartoon Network, we would make things and just sort of air them when they were ready and then air them a couple of times. And since we've been on Adult Swim, we've sort of changed our philosophy to making one new thing a week, whether that's a video game review or a show promo or a music video or a Tom speech or what have you. So the editors are under a way more strict time crunch than they were before. And they all do a great job uh, working under that and still turning out amazing stuff. Um, from a writing standpoint, we've got a little bit more flexibility because we can sort of write it ahead of time or write it sort of as it's going along. So our process individually hasn't changed a whole lot. Um, the editors have had to sort of scramble way more, but it's definitely, I think if you ask them, one of the more fun things about their job too. So it's definitely a labor of love from everybody, but uh, that's very nice of you to say. We definitely appreciate hearing that the hard work is enjoyed by people and throughout the years and continuing forward. So it's uh, it's definitely been fun and continues to be so. Yeah, no problem. I love the, uh, the One Punch Man, not only the trailer for that, but when it was introduced in the lineup promo, I was like, wow, that was... Then when they added those in, that was really good. But this last one, too, um, I think it was, oh, God, uh, the band Run the Jewels, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, I sometimes, like, I wake up, it's like, well, time to watch a Toonami promo, and that's usually the first one that comes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, uh, Dave Campbell uh, edited that lineup promo, and Johnny Ray did the, um, the One Punch Man campaign, if memory serves on both of those things. Which yeah, I believe they were both well well done in my eyes at least. I really nice, and yeah. like I say, I, I enjoy the promo. Like you can go back to the Cartoon Network to now uh, when it's back on a or now that Toonami's back on Adult Swim. Like it, the the feel never left. You know, it might be like the shows might be a little edgier and darker considering the time that it's in now. But honestly, it feels like the exact same thing, which I'm sure a lot of fans uh, appreciate. Yeah, uh, that's that's definitely good to hear. I mean, that's our goal is to sort of keep the overall philosophy the same while still uh still making new stuff and, and evolving it over time but thank you <laughs> uh going back to uh what i was talking about with uh the kids space and action cartoons I, I just find it to be a kind of interesting situation that a lot of children's networks generally see uh kids action is like once they hit about seven or nine they're they're off action they're not gonna bother with that anymore and then here over on adult swim and like well adults like action cartoons too maybe <laughs> but of yeah, course I mean, you're pretty much the only ones doing that <laughs> right i mean i think to a certain extent it's like a lot of like as comic book culture sort of moved mainstream like you can go see an avengers movie every year or whatever that ends up being like i think that those kids are getting that sort of itch scratched in different places than existed in the 90s and sort of beyond. Mm -hmm. So I think that um, it, it has sort of changed in terms of where kids go. We've just been really fortunate to have the support of the network and also have the support of the fans to be able to continue showcasing new things and things that people like uh, as fans. But I think like as a kid today, you're able to do so many different things and see so many different things than you would have been able to when Toonami started. Uh, I think we were lucky to be on at that time. Mm. Yeah, definitely a, a product of its 
of its time. Lightning in a bottle, can't really recreate it. That sort of thing. And the whole anime bubble that happened back then. Like Anime was suddenly new and exciting and people were blowing up about right. that. So it's it's just a completely yeah. different culture now. And Yeah, and then the internet kind of killed anime with the piracy and now it's sort of brought it back with the streaming. So it's kind of... It was a curse and now is a blessing, for sure. As the a internet broad- is making up. Yeah, it's it's uh, paying, giving amends over the years. Right. As fans were very excited to see Toonami airing earlier, for one thing. It was, it was crazy, 11.30 for a time and now back again. And now 11 o'clock with Samurai Jack is just like, whoa, how is this possible? We never... We never thought this would ever happen. Yeah, honestly, we didn't either. Um, we've been, like I said before, we've been super lucky with the fan support and the shows that have been available to us to be able to to make those changes. So it's been it's been great. You asked the question I was going to ask. <laughs> you guys have been doing this too long together, haven't you? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. I got to I gotta run to a meeting in a couple of minutes. I don't know if you guys have anything specifically no, that's... that you didn't want to get missed. I don't no, want to no. cut you off. But, uh... I think, I think we're, we're pretty good with that. I mean, you ask you more questions about the, the grand 20 years of Toonami, like... What were your favorite shows? What were your least favorite shows? <laughs> but I think you've kind of covered those on pre-flight anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so, but yeah, we'll, 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 we'll be up. making announcements around our 20th anniversary pre-flight and also what that uh, that night's going to look like on Toonami on the 18th, like I said, in the next week or so. Um, so I think a lot of those questions that haven't been answered before will be shortly. Um, but if you have any other questions, definitely just reach out. And then seven months after you first reach out, I'll jump on uh, another Skype call with you and answer whatever. Well, thank you for your time. Once again, Gil, it has been a grand time talking to you again. Oh yeah, definitely. It was fun. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. And yeah, thanks for all that you guys do. <laughs> Oh, don't worry. We have a wow. lot to do this month. Don't worry. Yeah, I was about to say that was that, that was so thoughtful. I'm so I feel so happy now. <laughs> no, Thanks yeah. for talking with us, Gail. Yeah, no, absolutely. You think, you think you guys are busy? Wait till you see everything that I have coming out. Uh... <laughs> nice. Can't wait. Uh.